I just, I always knew that I was a solopreneur on that one. I didn't have any found any employees. I didn't have any co-founders. And I was like, I want to be, I want to build a, a, a SaaS business that I do by myself and sell it for over a million dollars. That was always the goal. And so to me, it was like, for, in terms of evaluation, I was like, would I be happy taking a million dollars for this? Yeah, I probably, at this point I would. Right. And so that was, that was literally how I did it. Like for them, but, but it doesn't matter how you value it because frankly, it's what somebody's willing to pay for. That's the only thing that matters. There, there was about, I think there was about $20,000 of MRR in terms of some software subscription. And then, like I was saying, like several hundred thousand dollars worth of backlinks on the per year on the back end. Right. So, so however they got to that number based on those things, they were able to see that it was, it was worth it to them. And, uh, you know, we got over the seven figure mark, you know, and it turned out to be a great deal for me. You're listening to the B2B SaaS podcast with your host, Upendra Verma. Every week, I talk to the world's best B2B SaaS founders and ask them everything about their business. There's a lot to learn from every founder, whether they're just starting out or already doing tens of millions in ARR. It could be their zero to one journey, their top of funnel lead generation, their lead conversion strategy, their churn and account expansion process, their product journey, or even how they sold their company. Everyone has interesting story and insights they've gained over time. I'm here to decode them by asking the right questions. No superficial and lengthy conversation. In just 15 to 20 minutes, I'll deep dive into one of the above themes backed by real metrics so that all of these insights are data backed and actionable. Let's listen to today's episode. Hello everyone. We have Adam White with us. Adam here runs a company called Squid Vision. Hey Adam, welcome to the show. What's going on? I'm doing good. So Adam, let's try to understand what your company does, what Squid Vision does and why do customers pay you money? Yeah. So Squid Vision, actually we're in, we're in bet, closed beta right now. We're launching and literally getting ready to launch it in the next week or two, but, but it's, it's essentially like hot jar, but with revenue tracking. So if you get an, see an overlay of your website or any page on your website, you can see exactly how much revenue every single button or link has actually generated on that page to see where, what, you know, where this, what is actually happening, where the, where the revenue is passing through, what, which calls to action are working. You know, it's really good for conversion rate optimization and, and landing page optimization and, and just understanding and, and also content marketing to see which, which blog posts are generating revenue and all that stuff. So it's really cool. All right. So you mentioned you're in closed beta. So does that mean do you have any active users on your platform as of today? We do. Yeah. There's just a few that we've allowed to test it for us as we work out the, the, the final bugs, but yeah, we'll be going live probably in the next seven days. All right. So yeah. So what are your plans? What happens once you go live? So how are you going to get those first 10 odd customers and what's going to happen after that? So what, what marketing channels are you really experimenting with so far? Yeah. So I, I've had a lot of success in the past doing SEO. So we'll do a lot of content marketing. Also with, with my last company that I sold last year, I was really able to make some serious traction with Facebook ads. And so we'll probably, those will be the two main channels that we hit right from the beginning. I'm also the, a co-founder of justreachout.io, which is like, it's like outreach tools that help to get you more backlinks and also PR press mentions and stuff. Anyways, that we have a, a large list of customers there that we can kind of pitch this to as well. So, so it's not, you know, we'll, we'll have some, we'll have an audience already that we can kind of go to and say, Hey, check out this new thing, you know, and, and probably get a handful of people there as well. Can I ask where you build this audience list from? So with, with just reach out, it was just like, we, we have really good rankings on Google 
with your Google okay, Ads. Okay, okay. So, so you're going to use your audience of a different product and then you're trying to go to them and pitch it, is it? Yeah, exactly. We'll just, because, because what this is, this is a feature, what Squid Vision is, it's a feature that doesn't really exist anywhere else, right? Like I, I saw this, the head of analytics for a big Fortune 500 company showed me, it's like, hey, check out this cool tool that these guys have on their, you know, their website. And he showed me and it was like, it blew my mind how awesome it was. I'm like, dude, small businesses will never get this. We'll never be able to, to look at a, our, an overlay of our website and see how much money every button and link has, has, made, has made that day, right? It just doesn't exist. And so I'm like, I'm going to build this for, for small businesses because this is awesome. So, I so, so just from, from a product perspective, right? How exactly are you doing this? So I can understand how you would typically get analytics from like where a visitor would spend time on your page. That part is pretty easy, but how do you tie it up with the actual revenue that's being generated or those actual revenue metrics? What exactly are you doing take-wise? Yeah. So, so it's, we're just, we're, we're piecing it together using different tools, right? So we, we obviously you have tools out there that track clicks already and clicks and, and on locations of, of your page. So you can see exactly where everyone's doing that. So we're, we're using that technology. And then, and then we're also just in tracking the user sessions and, and getting the revenue through. Like right now we connect to Stripe and Shopify are the two that we actually have integrations with. And we're built, we'll build out more as we go, but we'll start with those two. So we get the revenue data from those and tie it all together. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's been some work and it's pretty complicated, but at the same time, like we, we just have been, you know, heads down going, let's just solve this problem and, and people are going to love it. So. Yeah, yeah. So I could really see the value in solving such a problem, but I can also understand it's going to be pretty tricky for you because it's not easy, right? Attributing a new lead, for example, to a particular page saying that, Hey, he spent time on this particular article. That's why I ended up converting. And that, there's your new revenue from this channel, right? So how do you even do that? It's it's really, really hard. And you need to integrate with all of these, you know, I guess, payment systems, all of those things. So so what I want to ask is, can you just pick one example or one use case where you're doing this, you know, really well, maybe for a Shopify app or or for, for some customer of yours? Explain me how this is actually working and how exactly are you doing this? Yeah, so so I'll just use, I'll just, we, we, we use it to track on, as one of our testers is Just Reach Out or by other SaaS company. And so what we do is we, I, I, you know, I add in all the, the blog posts that are our highest traffic blog posts, right? I add those in and create, you know, heat maps for them. We call them revenue heat maps. So then, we'll, then what I can do is I can go into the software and just look, literally just look at the, at the page and go, okay, what is this traffic converting customers to, to sign up, right? Or is anybody turning into a sign up from this page? And which buttons, which calls to action are actually doing it, right? Where, where on the page are they clicking? And where is that revenue being generated? And so, so it'll show me, hey, they clicked right here, they turn into a trial. And then whenever that trial runs out, the revenue will start showing up on that button. And I'll see on that button, hey, this one's generated this much revenue. And as time goes on and more revenue hits, it'll just add up on that button. You'll see that that worked, that, that call to action worked or it didn't work, right? So, so then you can go, all right, well, this call to action at the top, for some reason, nobody's clicking on it or it's not generating any sign up. Lots of people are clicking, but they're not signing up. Let's fix it. You know what I mean? So that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So, so let's talk about your future growth prospects here. So you mentioned you, you're pretty good at SEO, but since you're just launching, I'm assuming you're just starting, right? You, you just started writing out content or stuff like that. And it's going to take you time, yeah. maybe months or quarters before it can sort of generate you any meaningful revenue. So what's that zero to one journey is going to be like? So are you betting on Facebook ads or are you betting on this email list? So how, how is that zero to one going to take shape? Yeah, I think, I think that initially for the first probably 20 to 30 customers, I'll just do some, some manual 
I'll reach out to customers like one by one by hand, like this go pick, pick a user and go, Hey, Hey, it's me. I wanted to show you this one thing. Let's jump on a call real quick. Like for my, for my previous business, SEO jet that I sold last year, I have, I had, I built some good relationships with guys. I know will get value out of squid vision. And so I can just reach out to them. Hey, I want to show you this thing we just built and we'll jump on a call and I'll show them. And I, and I am sure I'll be able to get a good handful of people to sign up that way. But then we're going to hit the Facebook ads really hard right from the get go, because, you know, frankly, you just don't need to have a huge, you know, you, you can just do that right, right from the beginning and, and be successful. Yeah. Adam, so let's talk about SEO Jet for a while. So just to g- give everybody some context here. So Adam has sold this company. It's called SEO Jet. So Adam, just can you just give us a sense of where the company was when you actually sold it in terms of revenue, in terms of customers? Yeah. So, so we, the, this, the, the website, just so you know, it, it, it solves the problem of doing link building the right way. Like people don't, especially with anchor text, like people didn't know like what anchor text should I be using in my backlinks so that I stay safe from Google penalties and it looks natural to Google and I rank better, right? So that was what the software did is it solved that problem. Kind of gave you a roadmap of exactly which links to build to rank number one, right? Anyways, I, I don't remember exactly how many customers we had. I think it was in the 200 range of SEO agencies and, and SEO consultants using it when when I sold it. There, the uh, the revenue, we had two ways of getting revenue, right? We had the, the, the subscription for the software, but then on the back end, we also had our had a link building like people could buy guest posts yes. on the back end of the software that we just I just marked that up and and had three different companies fulfill that for us, right? So so between the two of those, the revenue was pretty high. But but what I did was I went to one of those three companies that was fulfilling the link building and said, Hey, I'm gonna sell this. Are you interested? Because I knew it would be worth more to them than anyone else. Cause they could cut out the other two guys, take all the link orders and dramatically increased our revenue. So that's what we did and it, it, it worked out. Okay, so so okay, so let's let's try to deep dive into this a bit. So you had a, subscri- mm-hmm. a subscription business going on and then you had this couple, you had tie up with a bunch of agencies who, who were basically solving your customers' needs of sort of doing those, building those backlinks manually and all of those things. And you ended up selling yeah. it to one of those themselves. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so what was your thought process then? Was, was this company always been built to sell or, or, or it just happened and it made sense for you on that day? So what was the journey uh, when you, when you were sort of, what was your thought processes when you were sort of selling the company? Yeah. You know, I, for me, I, I've actually sold 17 internet businesses in the last 15 years. So I don't 17. like, I, yeah, 17. So I don't like, I don't hold on to them very long. I don't, I, I like to sell. I'm always like. At some point, I'm going to sell this, right? And that's always that's always how I approach every business. Now, it just depends on how long I hold it. You know, it, sometimes it's different. But with that one, I had it for four years, and that was the longest I've ever had any internet business. I got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm kind of getting tired of running this. You know, I, I want to move on to something else. Time to sell. But it was right when the business was kind of stagnating. There was no, there wasn't good growth. It was, I was like, if I sell it right now, that'd be really stupid because it's it's going to be worth the least amount that it will ever be. If I sell it right now, all I have to do is just like hit it really hard and, and grow it a little bit and I'll, I can get way more out of it. Right. So, so I, at that time that I wanted to sell it when it wasn't doing great, I think it, someone, I think they offered me about a half a million for it. And I was like, nah, it's just, I don't, it's just not enough. Right. Cause I know I'm have to build something else and I, I need, I need more of a buffer. So that's when I, I reached out to a, a mentor a guy who's, who I knew had been doing Facebook ads really successfully. And up until that time, I'd only been doing SEO. I hadn't started Facebook ads. And I reached out to him and said, Hey, look, man, I, I need help 
I know you know Facebook ads really well. Teach me how to do it. And so I, I paid him. I paid him a good, a, a large chunk of money. It teach me exactly how he was doing Facebook ads. I implemented all the things that he taught me, and like literally within six months, the business had doubled in size. I had really good growth, and it was much more appealing to to a buyer. And I was able to sell it for, you know, seven figures. So it worked out really well. All right. So, so my question here is: so when when you were sort of looking to sell, when you felt that the that that it's the right time to sort of sell. So how do you buy find these potential buyers? I know in your case you had three of them right in front of you, but did you sort of do put in any manual efforts to reach out to more more folks who might value your business better? Or did you do anything else, or was it just you know there was really no other option? Yeah, I I, I didn't. I had one guy actually reach out to me about buying it earlier, and I just didn't want you know I, he wasn't a strategic partner, so. I only reached out to these guys first because I knew that, you know, because there was probably five to $600,000 worth of revenue happening on those link sales a year, right? So it was significant amount and they were only getting a third of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so knowing that they would then just have a huge jump in revenue because of it, that, that it would be more valuable to them and they would offer me more. So I really wanted one of them to buy it because I'd get, I'd get more out of it, right? And so I didn't, I never reached out to anybody else. If I was going to do it again and I didn't have a strategic partner like that, I would probably send a few cold emails to some VC firms or whatever and, and, or go to micro acquire, which is a, a good marketplace for, for uh, SaaS sales. Yeah. So let's talk about valuation here. So it looks like you had two different set of businesses there. One subscription business that that's serving everyone where they're paying for your software and other the, those for those link building services. So it looks like your buyer was majorly interested in those link building services because there they could potentially triple their, you know, in, incoming sort of leads. Right. So, yeah. So, so how do you value a business like this? Right. So you've got both this, you know, product part as well. And then you also got the services layer as well, software as well as services layer. So how do you value something like this? Like, can you talk about the valuation when you were negotiating? Yeah. I didn't like, I just, I always knew that I was a solopreneur on that one. I didn't have any found any employees that didn't have any co-founders. And I was like, I want to be, I want to build a, a, a SaaS business that I do by myself and sell it for over a million dollars. That was always the goal. And so to me, it was like, for, in terms of evaluation, I was like, would I be happy taking a million dollars for this? Yeah, I probably, at this point I would. Right. And so that was, that was literally how I did it. Like for them, but, but it doesn't matter how you value it because Frankly, it's what somebody's willing to pay for. That's the only thing that matters. There, there was about, I think there was about $20,000 of MRR in terms of sub software subscription. And then like I was saying, like several hundred thousand dollars worth of backlinks on the, per year on the back end, right? So, so however they got to that number based on those things, they were able to see that it was, it was worth it to them. And, uh, you know, we got over the seven figure mark, you know, and it turned out to be a great deal for me. So, but, so was there any formula that they used or is, was it just, you know, it made sense for you on that day? Okay. This looks like a nice number for me based on where I am. And was it? No, like in fact, yeah. When we had, we had some conversations where they were trying to offer less and I'm like, and it was like, literally I'm just on the phone call with them going, look guys, I'm, I'm, I, this thing is growing so fast now that it doesn't make any sense for you to sell it any less than this number. So if you can get me to this number, I'll sell it to you. If you can't, I'm just not going to do it. But but how you do know? you were, how do you come up with that number, right? And how do you convince that that's the right number? Because I I I, I, I guess that's the trickiest part, right? 
there wasn't a good method to it. It was just literally like, I think I want to get at least 1.2 million. So let's, let's try to, let's ask for more than that. Mm-hmm. And then get, and then hopefully we'll end up there, right? Like that was kind of where my thought process was. And it, and, and it, we even did better than that, but, but it was just like, okay, if I have to build a new business, what amount of money do, am I okay taking? Like, that's really, the, that's the psychology for me is what amount of money am I okay receiving? Because I'm going to have to build something else after this, you know, just making a million dollars is not, is not going to last that long, right? It, you know, I have a wife and seven kids, you know, that it's, it's just like, it's not going to last forever. So I'd have to build something else. So at what point do I, what, what's the number where I'm like, okay, this, this money will keep us comfortable while I build something new and, and, and launch it. And, and so I just came up with the number in my brain and said, this is what it is. If I, if I got that amount, I'd be happy. And then I had, because I had really, really strong growth for like two or three months in a row, they couldn't like, that was the, the biggest selling factor, right? They're like, we see, if we wait three more months, we're going to pay more money for this same business, right? Because it's growing so fast. So they, they wanted to get the deal done. Right. So, so Adam, so I want you to sort of go back, right? Let's say a couple of years back, right? And when you were building this business, so you had subscription business as well, services layer as well. So was, was, was selling part always in your mind? And if yes, why, like, why was it always going to be these three major agencies that you were dealing with? Or when exactly did you actually start planning this part? So, okay, this, this is a nice business going on, right? So, but I'm going to sell it at this point, right? So when exactly did that happen? Yeah, I did. I wasn't really thinking about selling it in the beginning for the first couple of years. I, I was enjoying it. Like, because when I create a new business and especially with software business, cause you can always be making improvements to the software and that always excites me. It's making the software better. So, so that kept me engaged for a long time. I say a long time. It was two years probably. And, and that for me is long, but it, it was probably about the point where see what had happened was I had, I, I had this software set up where you couldn't just go sign up on the site. You had to request an invite to use it. And so an email would automatically get sent out to you, to you 20 minutes later, once you requested an invite. Well, I found out that that email was going to everyone's spam folder. No one was ever seeing that email. So I, so for six months, 6,000 people requested an invite to sign up and never got the email, went to their spam folder. And I just thought nobody wants to use my software anymore. Barely. Cause there was one other way to sign up through the blog, but, but if you didn't like come to the, but if you came to the homepage that it would go to your spam folder, right? Like that, that was the majority of people. So I was like, well, I guess no one likes my software. Things are terrible. I'm, it's going to, this business is going to fail. When I figured that out, then we, I was able to start to turn things around, but it was, it was kind of like that experience made me go, do I really want to like, I'm kind of losing steam on this business. Maybe I should start to, to sell it. But it was like, I need to sell it six months to a year from now because I, there's things I need to do to get this to a place to sell, right? Mm-hmm. So I was building it from that point on to sell it. So one of the major things I did was I switched the way the subscriptions worked because I wanted more money on the subscription side because yeah. I knew it would be more valuable that way. So I said, okay, I'll give people bigger discounts on the links on the back end if they pay more for subscription, right? So you pay this, you, you do the three ninety nine plan a month, you get 25% off the links, right? So if they're buying a lot of links anyways, they'd end up saving money that way. So that was, that was one of the major things I did to get, to make the business more valuable at that point. Got it. And what about the team? So you mentioned you were a solopreneur. So who, who built the entire product? Yeah, there was a, I had a developer. He was just part-time. He had a full-time job and he would just work on this part-time at nights. And, and frankly, that made it go really slow and painfully slow. And, you know, it, it, it was very frustrating. 
But at the same time, you know, I just that I was I was bootstrapping it. I didn't have money, so I just said, you know, when you when you don't have the money to spend to make it go fast, you just have to go slow, and that's what we. Did. It probably cost me a quarter of a million dollars how slow everything went, but you know, no, so just, that's just the way it worked. Was that just that one developer that you had in your team all all through those five years? It was just him. He was the only one. Okay, and yeah. so so I guess that would have made your sale much easier because you really didn't have a team to sort of, you know sell or whatever you call it, transition to a different sort yeah, of company. It, it was very, very simple. And he did, he did consult with them for a while. I'm not sure if he still is doing that, but he, he did for at least for the first few months while we did the transition. But yeah, other than, I had one other girl that I contracted. She was, you know, she wasn't an employee. I paid her, I think 20 bucks an hour to do this, do some manual labor stuff for me. And, and uh, yeah, I just, once I sold, I just kind of Gave her a bonus check and said, thanks for your help and moved on. All right. Hope yeah. You scale Squid Vision to much greater heights and sell it to, you know, much, much higher number to what you already sold. Yeah. Let's, let's 50 X that number. <laughs> so, so Adam, so at this point, I know you're just launching the product. I know it's still early days, right? So what's your vision for this company, right? So for example, let's say two years down the line, where do you see your company growing to and what would happen five years down the line? I know it's still very early days, but, but what's, what's that, you know, not star for you at this point of time? What are you focusing well, we, on? We're, so I told you we're, we're launching with Shopify and, and Stripe, right? Those two marketplaces. If we get 1% of that, of, of both of those marketplaces, we'll have a hundred million dollar business, right? So, so we're like, my, my intention is within four years to sell between 15, a hundred million dollars. Like that's, that's my goal with, with Squid Vision. And are you going to raise any external funding? I won't rule it out, but, but we're not planning to. Okay. We are, I, we've already had people, we've had people offer, like we, people are asking sure, sure. to invest that, that, in the company. That's totally expected. And, and, yeah. So, yeah and, and, I, and, we're, and we're just like, nah, we'll hold off. Yeah. And what about your team? So how are you planning to sort of build the team this time? It'll probably be more, I have a co-founder this time, you know, and uh, we have, we have a full-time developer and he's, you know, and then, you know, we'll probably build out a team, a real team from here. Right. To, to, to build a 50 to $100 million company, you, you have to have a realty. I can't solopreneur that. So, so I, I'm going to let my co-founder kind of manage that more. He's, he's worked in the corporate world a lot more than I have. So I'll, I'll handle growth and he'll handle, you know, probably be the CEO. Yeah. So, so Adam, so in terms of valuations, right? So like, I know it, it, it all, you always get much, your value is always higher when you sell it, when it's the strategic acquisition, like, like the way you've did. Right? Because it, it mm -hmm. actually made sense for them. But if you were to sort of take your, take, take your company to, to, let's say, a PE firm or some other firm who's just looking at your business and trying to value it based on revenue multiples or growth, it's always going to be a lower number, right? So, yeah. so for the business that you're planning to sort of build and sell, so was it, was it, is it going to be a strategic acquisition or is it always going to be, you know, selling it to a PE firm or something like that? I don't know that it'll be strategic, honestly. I, I want it to be because yeah, I so want no, my, to take it over. Yeah, of, of course you want it to be. My question is, is there something that you can do from this point onwards to sort of, you know, get there? I, 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 if there is something, I don't know what it is yet, right? Like it would have to be a partnership that we've developed exactly. that yeah. is like mutually beneficial. We don't have that in place. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> if that will work out, you know, frankly, if, if the business is growing steadily and is worth that much, I'm not going to mince over, you know, if I make, if I sell it for 50 or a hundred million, like I'll have, I'll be happy with both. Right. Yeah. So it's, so it's, in the yeah. end, it'll, it'll be great. Yeah. All right, Adam. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah.